everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Afterthought Podcast, the big does, the big dozen. I am joined here, as always, by the exotic, by the sassy, by the vivacious, beautiful man himself, Alex Foldatz, everybody. Alex, how are we feeling? <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back for being here, you big boy. How's it going, man? man. Feeling good, man. Awesome weekend for the Super Bowl. Can't wait to talk about it. Got some big Eagles news. Um, It's a great weekend, man. I'm excited to be here. Big Eagles news, man. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The Eagles season has been over for weeks, but we don't stop. We find find the news. We find the meat and potatoes. We find the goods, and we talk about it. That's what we do. So anyway, I have have some fun stuff lined up today on the show. Obviously, some Eagles updates. Um, We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the halftime show. Uh, You know, maybe a commercial or two. If uh, if you were able to hear any, I I wasn't where I was, but... uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. And also, uh, in our, in our, in our second half of the show today, Alex and I are going to talk about the metaverse. I have a lot of questions and Alex seems to have a lot of answers. So this is just going to be, I, I, I'm just, I want to pick your brain. I want to know about the future. And I believe that you are, um, I believe that you're the best person to, to drop some knowledge on us, Alex. Yeah, I mean, my friends refer to me as Miss Cleo because I can just tell the future. It's it's what they used to call me in high school. <laughs> call, call me now for your free reading. Oh, those were the best. Yeah, man. Oh, so anyway. There's yeah. 2 a.m. commercials. Well, let's get into some Eagles news. So Let's do it. Um, nothing too extraordinary this week except like the biggest news that hasn't really been talked about. So <laughs> it's looking like Jason Kelsey is coming back. I don't think he confirmed in his camp or by his like social media, which he's not really active on anyway. Jason Kelsey doesn't really strike me as a guy that's like going through Twitter and posting pictures on Instagram. Um, But it's looking like multiple sources have said that our center, our all pro center is coming back for another season in Philadelphia. I don't know about you, man, but that's huge news. It's huge. And I, I don't know. I, I never really was in, I never had much doubt. You know, I, I think that it was definitely a possibility. And we've read the stories about Nick Sirianni trying to, you know, bribe him with with kegs of beer and all that good stuff. But it just didn't seem like he was. I don't know, man. Like, I know he's 34. You know, you and I are probably about that age, too. And I don't know. Like, it seems he played great this year. He played at an all pro level. It's it's one thing when you're just when you're when there's just no more gas in the tank and you can just see it. But like, my man is still just especially in the run game like the way that he just leads the way downfield and just helps in the run game he's he's one of a kind in that you know so um i'm stoked that he's back and this team he's just such a natural leader uh the voice of the locker room the voice of the city really so um super excited about this yeah and like listen we have so much health in that spot too um, I'm really excited about our offensive line. We got Jordan Mulata coming back off a great year. Lane Johnson coming off an all pro year. Got Landon Dickerson, who's going to learn again from those guys. Like, I mean, that's really, really, really exciting stuff. I, 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 that automatically means we're already setting ourselves up to have another 
rush heavy offense this year and being in contention for that number one spot. So I think that's huge, huge, huge news. You know, what's so odd though. Like we drafted this receiver from Alabama and then we drafted a lineman from Alabama and they both had really solid rookie seasons. Like what a concept, what a concept when you draft players (laughs) from big time schools, you know, Landon Dickerson, I think that there was a little bit of worry maybe because of some, you know, some some injury, some health issues, but um, yeah, everything that I heard about him before drafting just, it just seems like he's just a football guy and he's going to do whatever he needs to do to, to get back out there. So um, let's keep drafting guys from big time schools. I think that's a good model to follow. Yes, dude. And I'll tell you what, man, dude's huge. He's a lot younger than I am. Uh, remember Vince, who was on the podcast? Obviously, you know Vince, but uh, to all of our listeners Who? out there, we went we went to Eagles training camp and basically brushed shoulders with him. Dude is just an absolute beast. Uh, Jordan Mulata, too, man. Dude, he just looks like Goliath out there. He looks like you ever see like that picture of Shaq holding like a soda can and it just looks like this little tiny, tiny, like there's like half size water bottles in his hand. Like, dude, is just an absolute tank. I just love that we are bringing back that offensive strength. Another thing that's related to the Eagles that's coming out. Um, now, this is more on the rumor mill, but Carson Wentz may be on the chopping block in Indianapolis. So the question I want to ask you, Andrew, is if Carson Wentz does get traded or picked up, should Howie Roseman go to jail for armed robbery? <laughs> Sweet dad joke, Alex. Um, <laughs> first of all, it's it seems like there's a stronger chance of Carson Wentz not being with the Colts next season than there is him remaining there, uh, which is... It's just, it's been a bizarre, it's been a bizarre career just as a whole for Carson Wentz. So much promise, so much, I mean, love from Philadelphia. And then like the Colts looked really good for, for a stretch this year. So if their season didn't go South, if they ended up making the playoffs, obviously um, I'm sure he sticks around for another season, but this, like we've been saying for weeks, especially after they missed the playoffs, like everything that goes wrong with Carson Wentz just feels like icing on the cake for Eagles fans. It just helps us feel more, more validated with everything. Um, You know, we were right for wanting this guy to not be here anymore. Um, I still won't say that I, that I wanted Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. I will still say that I was a Carson Wentz over Nick Foles guy. Yeah. Um, Just with, you know, ceiling and ultimate talent. But um, man, I don't know. I'm now I'm just curious if he does get traded, like who, I don't I don't even I'm having trouble knowing where he might even go. So I watched a segment this afternoon on Facebook. Colin Coward said that if he was the Steelers GM that he would pick Carson Wentz up in a heartbeat, which actually may not be a bad place for him to go. And then I think I forget the other team name, but it was another team that had actually a pretty decent wide receiver core. So I have to admit, I actually have a pretty bad habit and it's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty low. I like to go to other teams, Facebook pages and read the comments on what they're saying about other players at the time. So like when the Eagles beat Dallas, I'll go to like the Dallas Cowboys page and it's like, watch them lose. You know, I have a strong dislike for the, for the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm always like, every time it's like Kirk Cousins news, I'm always going over there. (laughs) <laughs> they were showing Jonathan Taylor's, um, you know, season, like had an awesome season. Jonathan Taylor's absolutely lit it up. 
and I was reading all the Facebook comments and all of them were just like, oh, and our all-star $30 million quarterback did such a great job handing the ball off to him. That was the only <laughs> thing impressive about Carson Wentz's highlight reel here. His stay in Indianapolis is done. It's pretty crazy. I'm actually a little bit surprised that his tenure lasted so short over there. I mean, one year, but I get it. Like, I mean, they're like ready right now. And they, they made the playoffs with Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers hasn't been lighting up the league for years, and he still made a playoff run with them last year. So I understand, right? Like the Colts window, very, very, very short window of opportunity here. And if Carson's not going to get it done, you're going to lose to the Jaguars when they literally wore clown masks and costumes to the stadium <laughs> to protest their ownership, and you lose to the clowns. Um, any Anyone <laughs> listening, if you've seen Pat McAfee's breakdown of this, had me in tears laughing because Pat McAfee's <laughs> a huge Colts fan and he broke this whole clown town thing down. Absolutely hilarious, but pretty, pretty interesting news in the Carson Wentz wagon. I'm to answer the question. I think Howie Roseman should go to jail because he absolutely <laughs> robbed the Colts. Well, I'm glad you brought up Howie Roseman because to your point now, and, and I'm a, I'm a big offender of this. I have given Howie a lot of guff. Is that the word guff? Like G U F F roll with it gruff billy goats billy goats gruff guff i've given howie roseman a lot of guff over the past few years because mainly his inability to draft in the first round particularly uh, aside from this past year where, where he did a, a, you know exactly what he needed to do however i must say the guy knows how to work contracts and the guy knows how to set a team up uh to make to make moves and for that, I'm I'm really appreciative. So, I want to talk about something I read earlier today, and uh, what site doesn't matter. Basically, what they're saying is the Eagles rank number two in offseason resources. Now, in order to to get these rankings, they take into account available cap space that the teams will have to spend in free agency. They take into account uh, draft capital. So, how many picks does the team have, and where will be wh- where will they be drafting, and then what percentage of the team does needs to be replaced? So how many, what percentage of snaps need to be compensated for in free agency? So when taking into account those three main factors, the Eagles are ranked number two, which is beautiful. And that is, that's Howie Roseman. So thank you, Howie, for setting us up for what will hopefully be a very significant off season uh, because we do have so many chips to play with. Well, I would say, hold on, I I would say that Howie's definitely to blame for some of that, but also some of it comes down to the injuries that happened too. And like three years ago, remember, I remember we were playing the Chicago Bears for a playoff spot. We had like nobody out there, like Cravon LeBlanc and Avante Maddox were like coming off of like the practice squad to play New Orleans against that game there. Like we've had historically been riddled with injuries and besides a few others that we're going to be getting back, like Brandon Graham's most likely going to be coming back and others. I do feel like some of it it comes down to injuries too, but still to your point, um, fantastic drafting by Howie because what goes into there is how much cap space we have available and just being able to work out contracts. So I agree with your point, but I do think injuries play a small portion of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, 
when you're looking at Andre Dillard and and just us, you know, Jalen Rager's the obvious one. Um, even Nelson Aguilar, who had you know a solid season, our Super Bowl our year, but these are all first, you know, these are first round draft picks. There was Marcus Smith a couple of years before who was a third or fourth round draft grade. Um, so like the picks that we hit with were Lane Johnson. I think he was fourth overall. That was almost like you can't go wrong with that pick. Um, and even last year, Devonte Smith. You know, we everybody was was basically on board for that. Derek Barnett, not a great first round pick. I, I do think he made sense at the time, but it's in order to be one of the great teams, I feel like you really need to nail it on the majority, especially, yeah. you know, your first your first round picks. He he has done a solid job in some later rounds. Uh, Jason Kelsey being being one of those later round picks that's had huge success. But um, I wanted to provide a little bit of context with this with this ranking system, because out of the, so like looking at like the bottom tier, so like the 16 teams that are in the bottom 16 12 out of those teams are in the nfc so there are a lot of like a lot of our close competition is in not great situation right now so like tied for last right now is both the cowboys and the buccaneers so they both got like the worst rating you could possibly get the cowboys are 25 million over the cap and they need to replace uh almost 36 percent of their snaps so like they need to cut they need to cut guys and then they need to replace them with talent that's probably not as great. Uh, and the Buccaneers, they have they're not over the cap, but they have <laughs> they're ninety thousand dollars under, which saying thousands in like salary cap is basically <laughs> just like it's like it's pennies. Um, and they need to replace almost forty percent of their roster. So those those two teams right there. Um, a couple of these other teams here, like so the Rams. Spoiler alert, they just won the Super Bowl. Uh, they are 20, 20.5 million over the cap. They need to replace about a quarter of their snaps. The Packers are 54 million over the cap. Another team, almost 30% of snaps that they need to replace. Now the Giants are way over the cap, and but but they, at least for them, they do have picks five and seven uh, overall in this upcoming draft. So that does kind of help them with some of their replacements. But um, it's just it's it's very interesting, and you know, you and I have talked before about the competition in the NFC and just kind of the lack of star quarterbacks. Um, so I don't know this this makes me feel this this gives me great optimism, and uh, yeah, man, I don't I don't know when you look at these charts when you look at these numbers, tell me what you're thinking. Well, it doesn't surprise me that the Cowboys are you said dead last, right? Let me. Yeah, so so almost yep. almost dead last. Um, I mean, listen, you have some of the highest paid talent in your player position on on your roster, right? So so you're over in cap space, and you know, I, I you look at these bottom teams besides the Giants, Packers, Rams, Bucks, Cowboys. They all sold out to try to get to the Super Bowl. The Rams being the successful one out of that bunch. Um, it doesn't surprise me to see this. I will say I'm grateful that you pulled this up because it does put into perspective um, in what good shape we are in. But to your previous comments, the draft kind of scares the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a GM of the Eagles. I wouldn't be able to hang in this city and making decisions for it. I'm just uh, a, a guy that has a few people listening every week. Um, but I don't want to be the person to make those decisions. But I mean... Th- I said this every week in the last few weeks. Our future is bright in Philadelphia. We have some of the foundational pieces. 
We have all-star players that are here. We have the picks coming up and we have the salary cap. So if anything, showing that the Giants, Cowboys, and I wonder where Washington is on this on this list, it puts in perspective that we have a very, very bright future for ourselves. So we're, we're going to play a quick game here. So I'm going to start at, at the number one rank in terms of offseason assets and stop me once we get to a playoff team. So the first team ranked number one with it when, when considering cap space and draft value. Number one is the Jets, as you might expect. Number two, oh, it was a trick question. The Eagles were a playoff team, and the Eagles are ranked number two. So wow. uh, the next playoff team. After the Eagles, we have the Jaguars. Makes sense. Nope. The Browns. Nope. The Dolphins. Nope. The Broncos. Nope. The Lions. Nope. The Commanders. We have not talked about the commander's name change on this podcast. We miss that. <laughs> I don't even want to. I don't even want to give them any. Right, we've, any. We've given even it if enough. it's negative attention. I don't want to give it, it enough attention. attention. <laughs> Stupid name. Um, so okay, commanders. We're we're probably about nine or ten down. Uh, next team, Chargers. Close, but nope. <laughs> then the Bills. Yep. There you go. So I mean. I, I don't know. Like, again, this puts things into perspective. Like the Eagles are, they, they, they were a playoff team and, and they should only continue to get better because of the chips that they have to play with. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, you know, March is right around the corner. Free agency will be kicking off soon. I'm curious to see what the Eagles do with some of their exist, existing contracts. Um, there's a couple players that, uh, you know, there's decisions whether they're going to resign or not, but that's why we do this. That's that's why we 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 search the interwebs and we and we bring this information with us to this microphone. Yeah, listen, I think it's really insightful. I appreciate you finding this and, and bringing it up to today. Um, at that, like I said, I'm excited. I'm excited about our future. We have the capital, the picks, the the, the team. Hopefully, the coach. Um, hopefully, the man, coach. Hopefully. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of good stuff coming. All right, well, let's let's get back to the biggest event of last weekend. Uh-huh. It was my birthday. birthday. Your birthday. <laughs> I said at the same exact you time. You beat me to it. Happy birthday. But there was also a huge Super Bowl game. The Cincinnati Bengals and the L.A. Rams. L.A. did just enough. Came down to a last fourth and one play. Aaron Donald, not a surprise there. Sacked Joe Burrow and sealed the deal. Andrew, what were your thoughts on the game? Aaron Donald, not to be confused with Sam Darnold, uh, who uh, our friend Bryce, his his phone <laughs> kept auto-correcting to. I'm like, my man, Darnold hasn't made a single play Dar- since week two. <laughs> well, I don't even see Darnold out here. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Darren Arnold, Aaron Darren, Darren Arnold. So funny. I thought it was a good game. I thought yeah. that. You know, going into it, I thought that it was going to be a slow start for the Bengals, and I expected the Rams to get an early lead. I expected early pressure on Burrow and then some adjustments to be made maybe in the second half. Um, right when the second half started and the Bengals kind of started, things started to go their way. I, I want to know your opinion of actually that first play in the second half where T. Higgins looked like there was a little bit of contact with Jalen Ramsey and ended up, you know, that huge score on the first play of the second half um 
I want to know your thoughts on that. But yeah, but right after that drive or right after that score, um, Stafford threw an interception and the Bengals had the ball in great field position. And I, I turned to my friend, my friend Nick, and I said, Nick, now is the time to put money on the Rams. So I threw a yeah. couple shekels on the Rams at that point because uh, there was so much time left and momentum was going to be was going to shift again. Um, so, yeah, what did you think of that play in particular? Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was, um, you know, in, in real time, I didn't really see it. I do think there was a ref there, and I, I am surprised that that line judge didn't didn't call it truthfully. Um, but I do feel like the whole game, even up until the end, there's a little bit of controversy on, well, the refs wanted L.A. to win, and it's script. No, no. Th- those calls were all there, and, and I felt that the game was actually pretty well officiated. Every game you're going to have missed calls. Every game you're going to have someone that may be – you know, having a false every snap, you may be having someone that's false start. There's going to be holding that you're not going to call all the time. Um, so my my thoughts on that play probably a little bit of a missed call. I will say that I did have money on the Bengals money line, and when Matt Stafford threw that interception on the next play, I could have cashed out at like 85 percent of it, and I, I was sending everybody like diamond hands. I'm like, I'm holding, I'm holding, and then slowly the balance started going down, and then my cash out wasn't available, and I'm like, oh crap. I'm going to mm-hmm. lose. And that's what I did. I bet my whole entire FanDuel balance on this game is what it is. It's it's a, it's a small account. I don't win a lot, guys. Don't don't take petty advice from me. Um but yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was fine, but um what were your thoughts on like the penalties at the end of the game? The hold on Cooper Cup, the the fresh set of downs. Um what, what were your thoughts on on all of that? I don't really have any thoughts, man. It's just like I I wish I did. I wish I had some more concrete, a more concrete opinion on that in particular. Cause I, I hate like the, I hate like saying a team was able to win a game because of a couple of calls down the stretch. Cause I'm sure you can always look back on a game and there's always things that could have gone differently. Of course. Um, so I, I, I don't know, man. I, I still, like you said, I think as a whole, the game, it, it's too hard to just to, to take that by itself and and say that that's the reason that the Rams ended up winning the game. But I don't know, man, like officiating. It's just like I, I, until we get have like robots that are able to right. make the accurate call every time, like it's just it's going to be human error. It's going to be how quickly can my eyes adjust to what's happening? And like I would I don't I would never want that job ever. Yeah, ever. I don't yeah. care how much like I love courtside seats or not that I've like I'm talking like, oh, yeah, courtside seats is like my fa- it's like something I do. I've had courtside seats like once or twice, but I love being that close to the game. But like, yeah. no, 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 no. I, I could never deal with that kind of pressure. Yeah, especially when you're officiating in Dallas and get trash thrown at you. Right. Like that's kind of just not a perk to the game. Yeah, I feel like my my thoughts on it are missed calls are part of the game. I thought that the whole game was called pretty fairly, right? There's there's nothing worse than a whole bunch of penalties. You know, we, we've watched games like that where it's like nonstop and it's like the game goes on forever because of all the penalties. Yep. My my argument to the people at saying it's 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 bad is, you know, two part. First, if you slow it down, the penalties occurred. It's not like they didn't occur. It's not like they, they, they weren't there. Maybe they weren't called to the same extent. But in that split second of a reaction, it's not going through an officiant's head. Oh, well, this team is who I want. And there was this was a little ticky. T- no, like the calls happened. They were there. If you watch the replay, he definitely held Cooper Cup before he broke out on his route. It's 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 it, it, it's undeniable 
to what extent? Sure, you can argue that, but then that's up to that. That's up to the the, the um, referee's discretion. So that's my no. next question. And, and, it, then, it, and then and, and then also ahead. and then also the second part of that is Joe Burrow had ample time to go down. He had two timeouts with like a minute and thirty left at the end of the game, right? So he or, or it was actually under a minute, but still he had ample time to get there, get into field goal range, do what he needed to do. It's not like it was zeros on the clock and they got umtimed downs. And that it came down to that. He had time to to go back and do it. What what was your thought on the on the referee discretion? No, I was just going to ask: Is the only way to stop Cooper Cup uh, is is by holding him? Because it doesn't seem like anybody can stop this guy, and it's just like it's a mystery. Because it is like he's he's not that tall. He's not that (laughs) fast. Like it, it is. He has great hands. That, that's it, but he just, I guess he's just a really, it's always kind of been like Zach Ertz, right? Like Zach Ertz, if you're ever looking at him running, like he runs like a villain in like Scooby-Doo, like his hands are like in the air. Um, he's not very fast either, but he's always open, like on his breaks. He's just a good route runner. I yeah. have never been an all-star wide receiver um, in Madden. I have, um, <laughs> but I'm always getting burned by like Tyreek Hills and and Mikol Hardman's who had a lot to say to Eli Apple after the game, which I thought was like, <laughs> not good but um yeah i guess he's just a good route runner man i don't know it's it's incredible like this was just what a perfect finish to a historic season i think he also set uh playoff reception records on top of on top of every you know every other uh thing he led the league in this year so uh cooper cup obviously taking home the mvp is just an excellent finish to an excellent season for him and the last question yeah Good job. Well, let's talk about the halftime show really quick. Oh, well, the highlight of the the, the highlight of the night. I want to talk about the halftime show. Dude, I think for once we finally had a halftime show that was 100% catered to our generation. I had my wife's aunt comment on on a post that I had and said, but didn't you remember Prince? Prince, I'm sure that blew some people away. Prince was a little bit before my time. That's 80s, I knew maybe early 90s. I knew yeah. 90% of the lyrics that that came out of there. I don't even know if it was like the most dope set that there was. But to see Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J, like those were the people that like we grew up on, that we listened to. And those riffs and those 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 piano lines are still kicking today and still like in pop culture. It was like finally a show for us. It was catered to us. It was meant for us. 50 Cent hanging down looking like Grimace was for us. And I, I mean, please tell me I, that you recognize, like, did you recognize that the Upside Down was from the music video? Of course. Okay. Of course. All right. Yeah. Because pe- people were confused. And I'm just like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, music videos <laughs> were like... So even before even before that point, music videos were 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 huge. I, I will like, admit, at that time, I will admit that when I first saw him upside down on this screen, I was like, "What is this guy? Like, who is this guy?" And then I saw he had a mic and started singing. I'm like, "Oh, that's fifty. Okay." I thought maybe I thought maybe he had like put on a couple pounds and like that was the best way to like hide that he had gained weight. But then he became right side up and my man did put on some weight but he looks like he could go play linebacker tomorrow nah he, he looks fine he huge. looks fine and dude's a successful businessman he's he looks jacked if you actually looked at like the stills of him rap he looks fine 
<laughs> I don't even, if I go hang upside down, my, my shirt's covering my face. I'm going to look ridiculous too. I mean, I'm just oh, saying. It's going to get instant reflux. It's, it's going to be a whole disaster. <laughs> I'm just like burping and just like, okay, somebody, somebody put me down. Somebody put me down so I can rap. Thank you. Um, no, I thought it was incredible. I thought, um, uh, I don't know. Like, even though, uh, do you, do you think it was too cliche for Eminem to do lose yourself or I don't, that's like, I'm so conflicted because like on one hand it's like, all right, yeah, obviously he's going to play that and it's kind of cliche, but like that song particularly is like cross gen. I think every, like I could see my parents, my parents getting down with that. Like, I think that it really I think this show did do a decent job of appealing to even more than just our generation. Like last year was the weekend and that I, I, I can't see, I can't see the boomers really being like, I just, you know, I didn't, I just didn't get it. Like the, I don't know who the weekend is like maybe a song, but like this one seemed like it had a little bit more of a, of a, of a bigger age range, which was really cool. Yeah. I mean, lose yourself was the song in eight mile. Right. I mean, yeah, I would have liked to see them. I mean, well, apparently Dr. Dre and I don't know all of the business inner workings. Apparently Dr. Dre paid $7 million to have the halftime show gig. Like, I think it's like a bidding situation. He obviously made that money back and then some, I mean, they were like the top streaming artists the next day. Right. And that's how, that's how business works. But um, I would have liked to see Forgot About Dre. I just feel like Eminem, Dr. Dre, like a duo song like that just would have been awesome. Um, one of my he intro, he started he, with it. I think, I think that was like, he did like maybe a quick line or two before going into lose yourself. Like he, did he? it was like okay. a slow forgot about Dre. And then it, and then it, that's my, that's my lose yourself intro. Nice. If you um, could just, if you could just hum the whole instrumental for our outro of the show, that'd be awesome, man. I would really, it just sounded so good that I wasn't, I, I actually don't because I'm, I'm worried the FCC is going to try to copyright that. So actually don't actually don't do that. Like you could um, have yeah. used Kazam. You could have used Kazam on that and it would have actually shown no, it was, the, the it real was, thing. It was scary good, man. Thank you scary. for that. Um <laughs> No, but it was it, it was a good show. Yeah, like I, I or maybe like playing like I don't know, Guilty Conscience or or, or they're not gonna play that song. But I would have loved to see more of like an Eminem, uh, Dr. Dre duo there and everything. But um, yeah, scale from A to F, I give it a A minus. I think it was a really good show. The only thing I didn't like about it is they couldn't really use all the visual effects because it was still light time in California, and I think like the lights and you always do fun stuff with like drones and and whatnot nowadays i just feel like the visual aspect the set was really awesome but i felt like they could have done more um but it was daytime so i give it an a minus but awesome awesome show best one i've seen in my lifetime hands down agreed agreed um i do remember really enjoying the it was like the combination events this i want to say this was 2001 maybe like ravens giants and i only remember that because nelly was wearing the half and half it was the half giants half ravens uh uniform at halftime but it was uh it was, i think nsync britney now so that one was also very much catered to to our generation at that time which was geez it's over 20 over 20 years ago uh, final thing. I know we're, 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 we're carrying on a little bit here, but, uh, final thing before we, we get to the break, um, real quickly, Matthew Stafford, I think there's been a lot of question as to whether he is a, a surefire hall of famer or not. I know how I feel about the situation. I think that you were telling me a little bit about, uh, there was a tweet from, from Richard Sherman, um, 
let yeah can you why don't why don't you fill us in on that yeah so so richard sherman it came out tonight um he responded to somebody i I don't want to read the whole thing but he said i'm going to talk about on the podcast but the hall of fame bar is incredibly low now like a participation trophy no all decade team no all pro no mvp one pro bowl not even mvp of the super bowl Never considered best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. And I thought it was pretty interesting. I'm not the biggest Rick, Richard Sherman fan, but I do got to say he does have a pretty compelling argument there. So Fox Sports Radio said, because Richard Sherman thinks all pro is so important, here are a couple guys who made all pro during Matt Stafford's era. Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Manning, Breeze. How is Stafford going to crack that list? And Richard Sherman says, I mean, what's the point of the Hall of Fame if everyone can get in, right? Thank you for making my point. <laughs> I don't know if he's wrong, man. I, you know, I don't really follow the Lions. I don't really care too much about Matthew Stafford's career. But no MVPs, no Pro Bowls, one Pro Bowl, the only Super Bowl you win, you don't get MVP of it. Interesting. I don't know if Matt Stafford's a Hall of Fame lock interesting but i also just feel like stats don't always or accolades don't always tell the entire story um like let's look at at pitchers in baseball um you know jacob de grom best pitcher in baseball never comes close to leading the league in wins i i like you look at his career wins and it's pathetic but you look at era you look at the things that actually matter uh you know in order to win MVP, unfortunately, you do need to be on a winning team. If you don't make the playoffs, you're not going to win MVP. And I know as the quarterback, you have the most, probably the most control. I mean, definitely the most control of anybody on the team to help get there. But you also have to look at that division during the time period. And they're playing against, you know, that's the Packers. The Packers have never been bad. Uh, the Bears were good for quite a while in the... Yeah, even like the Rex Grossman era um, and the Vikings are always competitive as well. So yeah, it's like, and the lions, they had a great offense all those years, but like, if you don't have a complete team, it doesn't matter. So out of, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. I don't know. And like super bowl MVP. I don't know. Like Nick Foles won a super bowl MVP, but he's nowhere close to being a hall of famer. So you just can't, you can't go by these awards. Um, I think Matthew Stafford, since 2009, since he was drafted, he's orchestrated the most fourth quarter comebacks in the entire league. More than Tom Brady, more mm. than it, I think the only other player that is close to him in that is Matt Ryan, who I do think is also deserving. Um, I see where Richard Sherman's coming from. It 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 does lose a little bit of its luster when it does feel like everybody makes it in. But like yeah. if you were just if you're looking at all time passing yards or or average passing yards per season, I. I don't know. Matt Stafford. I don't, is I, don't just... I don't think all time passing yards, in my opinion, are a good indication if you're a good quarterback or not. Some quarterbacks are for 4000 yards a year and they're awesome. Some quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins consistently throw for over 4000. It's because he's always getting his butt whipped. He's always in garbage time. Of course, he's going to throw the ball more often. So <laughs> I, I don't think completions or amount of yards thrown in a season is necessarily a good indication if you're a Hall of Fame player. But like you said, fourth quarter comebacks, out of sight, out of mind. I, I I think Sherman raises a good case. I'm not a big Richard Sherman fan. I'm really not, but um, it's an interesting topic. I'm I'm undecided. I don't care enough. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. If he was an eagle, maybe I'd feel a little bit differently about it. <laughs> but um, 
I would say at this point, probably he'll probably still be a Hall of Fame block after this. If he if he were to retire tomorrow, I still think he would be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right, moving yeah. on um, really quick before we take our break. What was your favorite commercial? Do you have any commercials that you're able to see? The only commercial that I was able to hear the almost the entirety of was the Larry David crypto commercial, which okay. I thought was was funny. I saw the Paul Rudd, uh, Seth Rogen, where I think, yeah, it was it Lay's bag of their bag of chips and they were going through their old memories. Um, that was OK. Um, other than, yeah, I, n- I know that there were supposed to be a lot of crypto commercials, but I wasn't able to to hear very many of them. Yeah, they, they, they had this Coinbase commercial uh, where this QR code was bouncing up around the screen. I think I think it was a minute commercial, actually. And it was awesome. It was, it was actually a lot like, remember like how the DVD sign would go like on the screensaver and like the goal oh, yeah. was like to get it into the corner and like everyone would freak oh, out. Yeah. It's like the new thing. It, it did hit the corner, by the way. But all it was was a QR code. And they were geniuses because they, they had it on for long enough that people could pull out their phones after they were curious and scan. I scanned it. And as a result, like they definitely increased their revenue as it. That was actually a really cool commercial, one that I'll probably remember for a while. Um, they had this really funny avocados from Mexico commercial where these guys were like tailgating in like, you know, 300 AD. And they're like, it took me 14 days to get here by cattle. And so it was it was kind of funny. <laughs> I will say my favorite commercial, which is a great segue to take us into the featured segment was the one from Meta. And the one from Meta was very um, – it told a story. Remember those like animatronic guys over at Chuck E. Cheese's, right, where you had like the guys on stage or playing like the the, the uh, guitar and they were singing and, and whatnot. Uh, basically, the commercial was, you know, one of these guys, the restaurant closed. They got repurposed. They did multiple different gigs. The, the main character almost got like thrown out until somebody said, no, like we'll use them. And he was like holding a sign at like a, 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 at a museum. It says like tickets this way. And somebody comes up and put on the Oculus on his eyes and he met up with all of his friends and they went back to the old restaurant. They played a show and it's like an advertisement for the metaverse. Mm. And it gave me chills because I was like, man, like that's really cool. That's really like what I think we have to look forward to here in the future. So great segue, great way, great spot for us to take a break. We're going to talk a little bit about the metaverse and how it coincides with the world of sports not going to want to miss it. This is the Afterthought Podcast. Welcome back to the Afterthought Podcast, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us. Have an exciting topic here that we're going to dive into: the metaverse. I have lots of questions, like I said before. Um, I know that Alex just explained some of this uh, Chuck E. Cheese stuff, and I do have a question. I actually have a lot of questions, but the first question that came to mind: I've seen one other metaverse commercial before uh, this most recent Super Bowl. And I forget, but they're like looking into a picture and then the picture kind of comes to life. And it really looks honestly, when I'm watching it, it's an acid trip. It looks like an acid trip. And I'm not it's not a joke. It looks like you're. Oh, how do you know, Andrew? Well, that's another story. I <laughs> so, so 
and 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 also when I think back to being younger, I feel like uh like Chuck E. Cheese. If I ever was under the influence of something and like wanted to bug out, I would go to Chuck E. Cheese to see these these animals on stage performing. I remember them being very kind of bizarre looking. So there seems yeah. to be this trend of like metaverse and like trippy psychedelic. Uh, is there like what do, can you make anything of that? Is there any connection to be made there? Yeah, it's a video game, Andrew. Who would want to go to a virtual world and 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 watch you be miserable at work for entertainment? I mean, it's a great point. It's a great point. <laughs> it's supposed to be out of world. It's 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 the metaverse, bro. It's actually I actually pretty interesting. Um, it's actually why churches have stained glass to create an out of world experience little fun fact for you so you walk into a place it doesn't look natural back then like you know blue and red color glass is kind of dope so that's what they would do that in churches so you feel like you have an outer world experience how interesting okay so the metaverse i you know what is the connection with facebook and i'm like and i'm legitimately asking these questions because facebook is now meta right that's the new name meta yeah so i i i so Facebook owns the company Oculus. They bought Oculus. And Oculus creates virtual reality. I don't know if you call them glasses or goggles or or whatever you want to say, but they create these headsets that you put that you that you put over their eye, your eyes. And basically Facebook is investing heavily into the virtual reality space where they think there's going to be more utility that you'll use it and you know businesses will be created, people will be able to um, exchange commerce on that platform. So that's kind of the idea. It's a virtual reality world that has utility, uh, kind of like how, you know, Facebook is all virtual reality. It doesn't exist. There's nothing tangible with Facebook. It all exists in another dimension. This is kind of like a, like a, an expansion of that. Very interesting. Okay. So now let's, let's talk about capabilities. Obviously, there's video games, and you had told me that you also attended a, a Foo Fighters concert. Now, mm-hmm. please, I have so many questions, but yeah, I don't even think I need to ask them. I just wanna, I just wanna listen and observe. Yeah, so so I'll get into it really quick. I could talk about this for a while. When I brought my Oculus up to the bachelor party, did you use it right for a little bit? I used it. Um, yeah, there was things in the sky. Yeah, and what there was like a rocket that you would set off, and that was kind of cool. But yeah, yeah. So um, that was like <laughs> a demo, right? It kind of showed you like some of the capabilities. But you know, the, the the really cool thing about the Oculus is how immersive it it really is. And I could talk about this for for a while. So when you play video games, you're not playing it for like the hyper realistic graphics. You're playing for like that out of world experience, something you can't really see. If it's like a mini golf game, you're like, you know, golfing off of like the edge of a cliff and like there's water and there's, there's spatial audio. So when you turn your head, like you actually feel like you, you have this. And even though the the screen is right in front of you, you have like depth perception and you feel like you can reach out and grab stuff. Uh, But there's also a lot of applications that are housed on there. A lot of people don't know this. You can actually go out and buy an Oculus Quest 2 for 300 bucks. That's like half the price of a PlayStation 5. And you can go experience all, all of this stuff. I would highly suggest you actually go out and get one. It's really fun. 
Um, so yeah, so I went to a Foo Fighters concert and I actually attended the Denver Nuggets Orlando Magic game last night. And what it is, is it's an app, you download it, and it's almost like a movie theater. You, you, you walk into a room and there's other avatars there. There are these virtual people, they don't have legs, they kind of float around, but like your hands are there, you have facial expressions, and you can talk to people like you would at like a movie theater. There's six doors, and each one of them has a live event going on right now. There was a Roots concert. There was this uh, show on, like, plants or, or whatever. Um, and then there was the Foo Fighters and the Denver Nuggets game, so I went and checked out both. So with the Foo Fighters – actually, let me let me do the Denver Nuggets because this is a sports podcast. But you open the door, and you walk in, and you're on this huge balcony. Have you ever been to an IMAX theater before? I have, Yes. So, so, so think of it like you're, you're, you're not watching a screen because it's like the whole area is with you, but you're standing on a balcony. You have about 20 people that are with you watching this like you would at a game. And you're watching an actual video of the game. So it's not like an animation video. It's, 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 it's the actual game in front of you. And they do this ingenious thing where the team that switches possession, the camera faces. So it's like you're sitting underneath the net. So the mm. action is coming at you. But since you're in VR, you can move your head around and you can look around and see everything that there is. But when you're actually sitting on your couch watching this, it looks like these guys are like, you know, 12 feet in front of you and you're sitting underneath the net watching the game and and the game takes up 95% of your vision. Now, I will say the technology isn't 100% there. It's not like you actually feel like you're in the game and you can grab their jerseys. But you know what, man? I could totally see a ton of real life applications in here. So in a gist, that's what it is. You go into an, an auditorium, you're watching this with other people. It's real life. People were opening up FanDuel and making real-life bets right there, and you're sitting there watching this game in front of you. Actually, I think the Sixers game is on there tonight, so I may check that out after we log off here. Ooh, oh, you just you um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna contain myself, but you're that has the potential to open up an entire can of worms because for those uh, for those <laughs> basketball fans out there, it's been it's been a very fun week as a Sixers fan. Um, okay, a few follow-up questions here. Sure. This sounds like an amazing experience. So I buy the goggles with my birthday money. Okay, 300 bucks. I can do that. You know, I work. Okay. Uh, okay, What do, now what do I need to pay after that? If I want to go to, do you pay per event? Do you pay a monthly subscription? So how yeah. do I, how do I go to these events and what do I pay? Yeah, so the majority of these apps are free. So you pay for the goggles. It's 300 bucks. And um, you don't need a computer either. A lot of people think you need a laptop and there's why. No, you don't even need to have a computer. You can do everything in the goggles. The only thing you need, and it's a prerequisite, is you need a Facebook account. Oculus is owned by Facebook and the way to access all of this. So that means you're going to have to input payment information, sensitive data, so on and so forth. So Facebook is going to have that data. And it's how they market. It's how they can market the services to free because they data mine your, your, your data. So that's your call. I'm not hiding anything. I'm not a drug dealer. I'm just a guy that does a <laughs> subpar sports podcast once a week. So have at it. Um, and then from there, it's very similar to your phone. There's free apps. There's paid apps. There's um, apps from like Microsoft um, where you have like, you know, in, in inclusive environments. There's first person shooter games. There's demos. There's these like really, really high uh, quality videos you can download like an ISS spacewalk and kind of like experience 
all of that. But a lot of the top apps are free. And if you are paying, you're not spending more than like $15 to get a full game. Now, I do want to caution, it's not like a PlayStation 5 game. It's not super hyper-realistic. The technology is not quite there. The the goggles aren't in 4K, uh, so that so they they compensate for that with like lower graphics, but it's not pixelated. It looks very smooth, but it's not like you're getting like it's not like you're going to get on and play like Zelda Breath of the Wild or the new Pokemon game. It's more like apps that you would have on your on your phone. They're kind of comparable to. I'm like I I feel like I'm coming from such a like a CD ROM mentality with this because I'm I'm just picturing like. The Sims or Roller Coaster Tycoon, except now where you're creating these things and you're watching other people live in these worlds. I'm wondering, can I pop on these goggles, create myself a theme park, and can I go ride roller? Can I? Can, would I be able to like do a first uh, person? view of like going to an amusement park is that something that yeah i mean there's 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 so many apps that you can download and be able to do it i think one of the the cooler apps is uh one i think it's called um uh, population one and it's like a, a first person shooter you're jumping out of an airplane you're skydiving you have a gun but like you don't press a button to reload you pull your magazine out you pop it back in you cock it up you hold it up if you close one of your eyes like it it, it lines up with it um, so there's a lot of like really and when you climb walls, you actually walk up to it and put your arms up across your head and you're climbing walls and you jump off with like a with like a wingsuit and you you put your arms to the side. It's really cool. So I don't know if there's like a theme park game, uh, but there, there's a lot there. But but I think where I could see this intertwined with sports, man, I just think about utility. Uh, yesterday, when I was watching this Denver Nuggets game, a light bulb just went off in my head. and I'm just like, man. This is so going to be the real deal. So I, I put a few examples down that I wanted to share. So imagine if you could pop on your goggles on Sunday and instead of NFL Red Zone, you're in VR and you go to the stands of all the biggest plays that are about to happen. And there's a microphone and a 360 degree camera up there for you to catch it. Or you're in the pylon itself or in the sky cam behind at a real life event that's going on in real time. People would pay a ton of money to attend that. I know I could spend a whole entire Sunday bouncing around from game to game at the most exciting moments. Or I'm picturing or like about- uh, like I'm picturing like a GoPro type of situation on the quarterback's helmet, like a chip or something, where you're just so- following the first person view. Yeah, I think that would probably get you motion sick, though. Uh, motion right? sickness, like, yeah. Yeah, I I, I've I've ridden a few roller coasters on here to to, to try it out. And <laughs> it, it never ends well, man. It's like <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. Clean up um, on wor- three, but World Seven of the World Series, two outs, two strikes, and you're sitting behind home plate, catching it right there, and the raw reactions of people and and avatars next to you watching this. Or a Vegas lounge where you have your sports betting up and you can have all the games that you want on a TV and you're sitting there in like a virtual room and a virtual world checking out all of these games and how all your bets are doing or horse racing or, or something like that. So like I said, man, I, I was watching this last night. Light bulb just went off. I think there's so many cool use applications that come up and I'm all for it, man. I think it's way more immersive than watching your TV. Not quite like you're at the game. But man, I've been stuck in in MN lot until two o'clock in the morning. It is not fun. If I could just kind of watch the game <laughs> from my so, from my couch, it may be worth it. Now, what if you have other people 
in your on your couch that also want to experience this. I, I imagine everybody can everybody sit there with a different pair of goggles and and tune into the same the same event. Is that how that would work? My dad and I were watching this last night. My dad and I play virtual poker all the time. Cool thing about virtual poker, you can play on top of a skyscraper on a yacht. There's there's <laughs> props and you can throw stuff at each other during the game and throw chips and get all aggressive. It's hilarious. My dad has an <laughs> Oculus. We got my mom got him one for Father's Day and we were we were watching the Denver Nuggets game together talking about that play that was just made. Really cool stuff. We went to the Foo Fighters concert. Similar situation. Big giant screen takes up 95% of your view. You can move your head around, look at everything. They're right there playing music for you. It's super cool stuff, man. I highly, 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 highly recommend that if this interests you, go out and go get one. Black Mirror is is truly coming to life. Like this is this is so Black Mirror and you know, like technology freaks me out. I do have this thing where it's like what where where does it stop? And because it seems like things are always exponentially getting more improved and things are coming out more quickly. And it's like a constant race for this company to put out the next best gadget. And uh, like on one hand, it is so cool. Like these things that we're able to do with technology that we couldn't do half a half of our lifetime ago. Um, Like, where do you I guess I want to know, like, what's the like, where does this end up like where can where do you see things actually going when all is said and done what do you think we're going to be capable of yeah i mean i don't know if i buy into like people and i don't know how this works because the people think metaverse is like one app and like everyone's on it it's like a world and you just like live your life like v2 i i don't i don't see it going that way but what I do see is the ability to meet international people for legitimate business meetings and, and have whiteboarding sessions and do presentations in front of other people. I see the application like I talked about sports. I think that there are going to be entire businesses that are built online that don't have brick and mortar locations anymore. Now, that's maybe the business side of me, um, but I totally see this being a big thing. I don't know if it's going to look like Oculus and everyone has a quest too. And everyone's walking around the streets in New York, like you saw in the Salesforce commercial. Shout out Salesforce. Um, <laughs> you know, where where they're talking about, no, we need to invest back in the earth and not just like escaping the earth, which I also agree with all of that. But I also think we can enhance our experience on earth um, and be able to, to do all those things. Listen, the, the internet was going to be a huge flop. Um, and then you had the 90s dot com bubble. And now you have businesses like Amazon, Facebook, and, you know, say what you will, but I don't know how a lot of society could thrive in the great nonprofit organizations and the great stories that we hear, hear because of social media. Um, you and I promote our podcasts on social media. So there's just a lot of things the internet does provide us into. And I think the metaverse yeah. or whatever we want to call this next wave has a ton of utility. Um, and I think last night was the first time I was like, I get it. I finally understand it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it, it. I love it. Um, and I'm not kidding. I, I do think that I am going to, I, I feel like I need this experience as well. Um, I, I feel like, I, I don't know, man. There's like this childlike, there's, there's always this childlike yeah, we want to tap into, you know? And, and I think that this is, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm. This is overwhelming. This is a lot for me. Okay, I'm like I'm. I'm trying to. 
it's a lot. I'm overwhelmed. You've overwhelmed me, Alex. This is this yeah. is this is a lot to try to visualize and 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 picture. Yeah. So anyway, well that that was a really, I don't know. That was very interesting. That was very informative. That was a lot. And I thank you for sharing all of that. And and yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm a little. I think I'm a little freaked out. I, I'm a little. Why don't you, you close this it, out, man. man? I'm a little freaked out. It's, it's this is weird. Like technology really does freak me out. I'm not. It's please well, speaking, take, take us out. S- speaking of technology, <laughs> so even though the Super Bowl is over, Andrew and I still plan to record this through the off season. Maybe we'll call it the Afterthought Podcast. I was just an idea after- that was thrown. <laughs> just an idea that was thrown out there. Um, but I think the idea is is we are going to provide shows bi-weekly uh, as news comes in, stories from across the league. Andrew and I also just have a bunch of ideas that we just want to talk about. Maybe they'll be shorter. Uh, who knows what? But we are not <laughs> going away until the draft. We are going to be rocking with you guys for the rest of the winter, through the summer. Um, we have other sports coming up. Maybe we'll talk about the Sixers. I'm excited for the Philadelphia Phillies this year. Uh, so maybe we'll even bring in some some flavors from some other sports. But with that being said, guys, thank you so much for rocking with us. We just had our most listened to podcast episode last week. Um, so thank you so much for kicking it with us, guys. And uh, we will see you soon. Peace. Peace.